And I think that consumers are really wanting that. They're wanting inclusivity of not just like all nationalities and races, they want size inclusivity. They want, they want everyone to be seen and they don't just want it, they're demanding it. Hey guys, I'm Izzy Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place, starting with this podcast. I've worked in the marketing departments of several major beauty brands and helped build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions. Each week, I'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today, along with my own personal experiences. But most importantly, my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight the beauty and wellness brands, influencers, and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight. Not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot, this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped down conversations. After all, it's growth that's a thing of beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. I'm Izzy and I have such a great co-host today. Claire McCormick, she is a speaker, writer, all around amazing advocate for clean beauty. And she just has a way of talking about sexual wellness that will just make you feel so inspired to be a part of this community. We actually met before she would even remember we met. I attended Indie Beauty Expo many, many times over my career. She is a writer at Beauty Independent. She's been with the company a very long time. Her work, aside from being featured on Beauty Independent, has also been seen in HuffPo, Yahoo, Telegraph, and more importantly, my personal favorite, she is the author of the article entitled, Is Wellness Ready for Butt Stuff? Question <laughs> mark. She's also a dubbed Google expert on sexual wellness, which I can verify because I do a lot of the SEO for her work. And she's a Jersey girl, which just makes her cooler than everybody else. She's interviewed brands from Dame, to Maud and celebrity brands like Ashley Green's new brand, Hummingway, Veracity, Fur, Prima, CBD. And I couldn't be more excited to chat with her today. So let's just jump in. Hey, Claire, how's it going? Going well, how are you? Good, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to be here. You have become, and I know this because I've seen it, a Google authority on sexual wellness, which is huge. Such a new idea in the public advertising eye, but not new for regular people. Obviously, we were all taking care of ourselves in a, in a sexual way, but it's great. I mean, I think this is huge. I think when we're talking about things that are recession proof, we're looking at beauty, which you know a lot about. We're looking at alcohol, uh, which is now probably also marijuana and CBD now that it's legal in a lot of states. And we talk about sex. And this is such a positive new thing because before the sex we were talking about was porn and prostitution. And now we're talking about sex of self, sex of individuals, consenting individuals, which is huge. Um, I think it means everything. And I want to know how you got here and why. Absolutely. We threw Beauty Independent and IBE before that. So we did trade shows working with independent beauty and wellness brands for years. And Beauty Independent was really an outgrowth of that. 
and very much so when Beauty Independent launched, I spend my days talking to entrepreneurs in beauty and wellness space and more and more, there would be sexual wellness brands that were launching or going into major retailers. And so I would spend more time talking to these entrepreneurs and they were especially inspiring. Entrepreneurs are always so inspiring. They're so mission-driven, they're so passionate. But around sexual wellness, it was like a 10X thing. So it was very infectious for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I really loved what they were talking about. A lot of them, most of them are women and they're very much focused on women's pleasure. And I think that's a big part of like what we'll probably talk about is like leading this revolution. And so I, I got swept up in talking to them. And to be honest with you, I learned so much from them. So a lot of them are sexologists. A lot of them are doctors, urologists, like plastic surgeons that that deal with like, um, you know, like, uh, like sexual organs and real problems. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll speak to like a urologist for an hour for an interview. And I'm like, I just learned so much about my hormones, my cycle. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is amazing. So I just got, um, it's just been amazing getting to talk to them. And then I've wanted to cover them even more. And what also propelled me is that they still have so much trouble advertising, um, you know, in every way, physically and digitally big time. And so I always felt like I can use the power that I have to advocate for them and spread their message because it is so important. And it's also changed how I parent my kids. I mean, it's opened me up so much to talk to my kids in a way that's open and honest and not like total cringy. Wow. I love that. And I love that you touched on the part about being an editor and you can use it to advocate for brands. I think one of the things about beauty independent, honestly, the reason I stayed at the company, I don't, I don't really get to work at BI very much everyone, by the way, but is because the respect that BI has for the industry and independent brands and putting them at the forefront is unlike anywhere else I've ever worked before. It's really honest. It's really transparent. And with this sexual wellness thing, there's so many other sides. I mean, supporting women is an amazing part of it, but you know, with brands like mod coming into it, the, the Latin next community and the BIPOC community, which is an underserved market, um, for everything, but especially something like this. And there is huge differences in, in what people like, what they need, um, in terms of like their anatomy. Um, and all of that is such a, such a huge thing. So sexual wellness, they're still categorizing it interestingly as part of like sexual products, sexual goods, like when they wrap it up into all that, it's really a lot different than that's a lot deeper, but how are we defining the wellness side of it? Because it's different than just like vibrators and stuff. It's that's a part of it, but there's way more to it. That's a great question. And it is amorphous. So ask one person and they'll give you one, uh, one definition and someone will give you another for me under the under the umbrella of sexual wellness you have your pleasure which are the vibrators and the lubes things that are specifically for play solo play partner play uh you know orgy play whatever what have you and then there's more of the health i mean you could even go to it as like health and under health there being protections things like dental dams and condoms and things like that and then there what's been a, a big rise in is more like vulva care. Um, I wouldn't say vaginal care because vaginal is internal and most of like the products that we ca- that we cover and I write about 
are not like some of them are going inside and we can talk about that as well but um most of it is like taking care of your of your vulva which people haven't really been paying attention to and some brands are like no this is actually if you're irritated if you work out a lot and you get chafing like all of there's a whole you can have a regimen for that but you know beyond just like washes and stuff so there's that and then there's I mean, you can get into like real things that help reproductive health, which is um, another great side yeah, of it. And which is also just booming right now, which is amazing. Right. But mostly like, if we're not going to get to like deep into the medical side of it, there are brands. Um, I think of like the pussy day spa. I love her. Uh, the Yoni day spa. Um, and she makes, oh, she makes, she's amazing. Ashley follow the, follow the Yoni day spa on um, Instagram. You will not be you will not be disappointed. She's amazing. Um, and she does it like vaginal steaming and going back to like what you were saying, how, um, you know, people of color have different needs, uh, you know, like pH wise, like a women of color, their pH is different. And so she, she's again, very mission driven, like how Yoni steaming can help people, um, with different issues, especially women of color, um, help with issues from PCOS to infertility and, um, really help them heal in a way that is not maybe, um, available through other avenues. I love that. But, and I love that you're here, Claire, you're so knowledgeable and you're such a well-spoken person. I'm just so excited to have you. I think that brings up a really interesting thing. I think a lot of people think of sexual wellness as like goop, stuff that you buy on the internet and being somewhat racy from like an advertising perspective to get eyeballs on your site, right? It's not that it has nothing to do with that. And real sexual wellness, like you were saying, has actually suffered a lot advertising wise for a long time. It was CBD. It was really tough. Um, you know, the, the FTC now it's even the, that's like a tram it's like a train issue, right? Yeah, the Dana CBD brands can't use, can't do any kind of text messaging, which was a big blow to a lot of them. I mean, I had no that. idea the text thing happened. Yeah. And it was oh. kind of like this, they lost it overnight. The, the, the announcement went out and that was it. Oh my God. I had no idea that happened, but I remember with CBD and payment processors, one day it was fine. The it's next day, oh, disaster. The next day it was like, I had so many clients calling me being like, I don't know what to do. Like I've tried to call everybody. There's a wait list at ones that are credible that I've heard from other brands and like just full on disaster. And they'll and have thousands of dollars like tied up for months. And these are small brands. Like that's not a small issue for them. It's like, okay, we cut you off and you can't get this money that is your sales. You can't have it yet. No, it's very targeted. And I mean, we could talk all day about the logistics of why that happens, but the you know, the FDA wants a lot more control on beauty in general. They don't, they can take it out on sexual wellness. They can take it out on CBD. And there's a not a lot they could do at this point with, with consumer packaged goods, because they're so readily available. But when we're going back to sexual wellness, I want to hear, I read your article. I read all your articles, by the way, <laughs> I read them all. And everybody at BI is such a good writer. Taylor, I'm just starting to really fall in love with her writing. Rachel always has been, you know, She's like a celebrity to me or something, (laughs) but you have an article where you talk about what happened with Dame. And I want to hear in your words, because I think this is such, first of all, a monumental win now, but a struggle for a long time that was not being 
there wasn't as much PR as there should have been on how important this really was. It's an incredible story and an incredible win for Alex, who's the founder of Dame and the whole Dame team. So it started with them going to the MTA, wanting to do like those train takeovers. Such a cool idea. A lot of BTC brands are doing that. So they want to do a whole train takeover with the ads, worked with the MTA. I don't remember the exact name of the agency, but there's like, uh, you know, the MTA has their agency that they work with. Got together with Dame, went back and forth a little bit on the ads, like, okay, worked them up again, did a few revisions. Dame spent thousands of dollars on doing the revisions and the ads were approved. Approved. That means like, okay, they're going to go up. Then the agency kind of went radio silent on Dame and they were like, what the heck is going on? And then the agency came back to Dame and said, uh, sorry, this is not happening. They're not going to run the ads like pursuant to their updated guidelines. Now, this is where the real BS happens because those guidelines were updated after Dame got this approval. Right. So they got the approval to run the ads. And then the MTA sneaks in this weird little PDF guideline update that says, like, nothing talking about pleasure can be um, allowed on the subway. And you could see the original ads were like toys for sex. Um, and they were very tasteful. Dame's toys do not look like a big penis, right? They're like, no, you know, like, tasteful. Yeah, they're, they look like little works of art. They look like little sculptures, right? <laughs> they really do. They, so there's pictures of the toys, toys for sex, and then other, other things said, like even less explicit uh, language, if you even want to call tours for sex explicit, right? So Dame was like, this is insane and sued the MTA and said, like, this is not fair. You gave us the approval. We spent all this money. You updated these guidelines after like giving us this approval and it, it's not fair. And it took maybe about two years, but they came to an agreement. With Holy the- crap. It was two years in the oh, interval. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah. This is very, very long. Um, and they came to an agreement and I'm so happy for them that they got to be on the subway. But if you look at the new ads, they are very, um, like even more vague, right? So there's no pictures of the toys in them. And I don't want to take away from the win that it is because it's a huge win, but there's no pictures of the toys. And what they did was it was all produced in-house, which is amazing. Like they didn't go to an ad agency and they talked to their customers and said, what does it feel like when you orgasm? And people were like, it's like touching the sun. And so they used these Ooh. phrases that people said what an orgasm feels like, um, and use those words in the ads and they're beautiful. And I was so happy because I got to be on one of the trains. It just so happened like the, I was in Manhattan a few days after the story published and like I got on one of the trains, six trains, I was so excited. So yeah, it's it's a, an amazing win. And like that shit happens all the time. I'm sorry, can I curse? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Be yourself. Awesome. <laughs> that shit happens all the time. And that doesn't even touch like digital advertising, which is, Every sexual wellness brand I talk to, they're like every single ad we try to run is first flagged. So, I mean, it's, you know, better than anyone, like the extra steps of what that means if something's flagged, right? Oh yeah. You got a Facebook committee. You have to defend what you've done. You also get, I think it's seven now, um, chances. And if you go over seven chances, they kick you off. I mean, it's, it's out of control. And I mean, Facebook 
for what has happened in Facebook in the past. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember that Instagram story where there was like the shoot up that was live or whatever. I mean, they're monitoring that not enough and this way too much, like way too much. Yeah. I mean, like the, the amount of time for like my account gets flagged and I get stuff taken down. I'm like, I am a middle aged mom. Like, what are you talking about? But people can um, be over there like, yeah, shoot up Lysol in your veins and stuff like that. You know, it's just <laughs> bananas. It's a little bananas. And I think yeah, you brought up a really interesting point when you said you don't want to take away from the win, but there is so many pieces of brands diminishing what the work they're really doing to make it quote suitable for the public eye, which is, I mean, every woman on the world and any vagina having person, that's a better way to say it knows what's going on down there. It's not a secret to anybody. And then most people of the other gender who Yes. Have relations with people who have vaginas know what's going on down there. I remember when lady suite, still a great brand was first getting into retailers. The big thing was changing all the verbiage. Now they, they had say glow below and very soft verbiage to be acceptable for markets like Neiman Marcus, where it's a lot of older people from a different generation who still don't really want to see a lot of the marketing that's been done. And with these newer brands, not that, and Lady Suite's still a newer brand, but when you have bigger brands like, you know, Day Mod Fur, even the things that they've done to push the envelope have made such a big impact for the brands yeah. coming in now and will continue to do so. But I want to know who do you think really brought sex back? Because some of these brands, though they're all kind of new, some of them have been around in the, in the underwaves for a while. I mean, sex, it, it's always been around, right? And I right. think that it wasn't that long ago where if you wanted to buy a vibrator, if where I would buy a vibrator would be literally in Brooklyn. There's the BQE. So this like big, uh, uh, you know, up highway, up elevated highway. Right. And underneath it, Izzy is so dirty and disgusting. Literally, I have like I've stepped over a dead rat, like walking under this. So there's a street (laughs) under it, and then there's side. I'm not even like that is a literal story. And there would be like sex shops under there where you could buy like edible panties that are like a fruit roll up, um, vibrators, whatever, made costumes, um, but you know, toys, lubes. And I think what happened was very similar to what happened in traditional beauty category was that a lot of the stuff that was there was, I mean, we could start with the packaging, like packaged in like a bunch of like crazy plastic, the actual toys were made out of God knows what material. Right. And then when you talk about the lubes, it's like a laundry list of, of chemicals that are, you know, this is stuff that's going inside of you. And you know, the, the whole vaginal cavity like that skin is super super porous and so like things that go there it's why so many brands um cbd brands will make like lubes and stuff that have cbd in them because it's actually a really um effective way to get something into the bloodstream because because that tissue is so porous yeah it's amazing it's why like um also like pain relief for either endometriosis pcos or even um just bad menstrual cramps, like there'll be, there's CBD and THC suppositories that go inside. Right. And, um, it's just so effective because of how that membrane is. So people were like, okay, well, I don't want to use these types of products. So there were companies, I mean, I don't know if 
Dame was the first, it was certain, they were certainly early on. Um, if we think about this happening over the past less than 10 years, like the real renaissance of things being modernized, they were one of the first for sure. Um, and it's just been kind of a, a, a domino effect since then. Um, we have brands like Maud now, who is amazing. And what she does that's really interesting is that she approaches it very much from a lifestyle point of view. So it's a really great way to get around all of the, the stigmas and taboos about sexual wellness. Cause yes, she makes vibrators. Yes, she makes lubes, but what else does she make? She makes candles. Now those candles can pour into massage, right? She makes a body wash, right? So it's just a very smart way to approach the category where you can meet a consumer where they are. If there's someone who is like the person going into Neiman Marcus has never bought a lube in their life. Look at this beautiful brand. Like it's very tasteful. And then they can find their way to like an actual toy or a lube or what have you. A hundred percent. I don't know if I answered your question. I kind of, no, that was perfect. You're incredibly talented speaker. I'm very impressed. I did see your webinar um, Wednesday though. Also. Yeah, it was great. They were so good. What a good panel they were. Well, and despite the, the controversial side, I've always been such a clean beauty lover. I mean, I, I probably always will be. I, and I love, I know it's such a topic right now and we go back and forth and the internet goes back and forth, which is what the internet does as a, as a group of individuals. But I think the main difference in what's happening now with independent beauty, and I think people like you are a huge catalyst for this, is the rise is so meteoric now, like clean beauty really started. That was like 1994. Now with sexual wellness, brands can be on a one to two year runway of like nothing to everything. And it's huge. I mean, like fur, fur was on shark tank, right? That's like, you know, that's everything. I mean, that's regular TV. I think shark tank is ABC, right. Or something. I mean, that's daytime TV. And I think it's something that people have to understand is is mainstream now. Like we're, this, it might be more mainstream than clean beauty because it's controversial. And also people still don't really understand clean beauty. It's such a complicated phrase now, toxic, non-toxic, green, whatever. Do you remember, by the way, it used to be called green beauty. It wasn't clean beauty. percent Green uh, yeah. beauty. That's what it was. It was and then it became clean, which sounds cooler, but with sexual wellness, now that there's so many offerings and good offerings all the time, I follow cake on Instagram, which I love. I love their social presence. So good. Um, and you talk about a meteoric rise, like they just launched and like they're in Walmart already. I mean, that's just so as someone who cover, who watches the category so quickly, so closely, that is just such a win and really for everyone. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. This is one no. thing I'll say and then go back. What I also love about sexual wellness is they really are like all like a rising tide lifts all boats. So when one of them has a win, like um, Mitch from Cake, like when Dame did their big raise at the beginning of this year, I believe, like he's like, I called Alex and was like, amazing. Like this is, it's not like, oh, you got that money and we didn't. Like there's, they are such a community because they have to deal with so much bullshit. Like they really are, even though they're competitor brands that comp they don't, it's not like that. It's not like this cutthroat. It's such a, like a family vibe. And I love that. It must be so rewarding to see that. I, one of the reasons I feel so 
Rachel has such a special place in my heart. She was one of the first people who ever wrote about me. And I got so many clients from this one article she wrote on beauty independent four years ago or something like the beginning of BI. And so I hope you guys know how meaningful you are. I don't know why I'm crying. <laughs> I'm probably getting my period. I'm like, a very, I'm like obviously very sensitive to this now. Um, I think what people really want to know, because people love the brands, they love hearing about the brands. Um, you get to write about the brands from a very elevated professional perspective, but what do you think the consumers really want to see on their side? I think that they want to, as I said, uh, be met where they are. If you look at sexual wellness, I, I, I love that there is the spectrum of brands. You have like the mods that are very tasteful and refined. Like if you go to their Instagram page, it's not like, oh, this is a sexual wellness page, right? It, it, it's like, okay, like you can look, cause even their vibrators don't exactly look like vibrators. Right. So you have that. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have someone like um, Unbound who I love, love. And they're just like memes about like clips, like 24 seven. And they're like wild, um, you know, the, the language, the imagery. And, and I love that because there's something for everyone. And I think consumers want that, especially when it comes to sexual health and wellness, because it is still taboo or stigmatized people need to feel like okay I'm comfortable with this person like this is a brand this is a community that like gets me and I, I think that sexual wellness has done a as a category has done an amazing job of really leading the charge of inclusivity when it comes to sexual orientation and gender like you know gender fluidity they've always been amazing that way and I think that consumers are really wanting that. They're wanting inclusivity of not just like all nationalities and races, they want size inclusivity. They want, they want everyone to be seen and they don't just want it, they're demanding it, which I, you love to see it. You love to see consumers being like, I'm not, I'm, I don't fuck with your brand because you, everyone is skinny and white and I'm just not gonna do that. No, inclusivity, is a hundred percent it. The transparency piece is a piece that they've done a really good job at, but the inclusivity, whenever I see like ask Tia that like kind of better healthy type thing. And whenever you have brands, like when in sexual wellness, I think a lot of them do a really good job with the like question things like this is your question. Here's a bunch of answers like Foria does. And I Love just think, Foria. yeah. And I just think it's so nice. Like sometimes you just feel like such a freak for the things that you think about. And when you finally figure out other people are thinking these things too. You feel so not normal. Cause no one cares about that, but like relieved, just yeah, like, really. it's just so great. I, I could not be more grateful for some of these brands. I think when you touched on meeting people where they are, that's such a valuable part of it because the branding is everything, right? Like the fact that everything looks so approachable and beautiful, artistic and kind of classy yeah. is like, is everything. I, there's so many people who I know follow these brands now, you know, when you'll see like also followed by or whatever, and yeah. there's somebody you wouldn't have thought would be interested in something like that. And I I'm sure that shit. I'm like, Oh, get it girl. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just so great. I and mean, it's so amazing to see. And I just, you guys should be so, you should be so proud of the work that you're doing. So what do you think is next for sexual wellness. There's going to be a next big thing. I don't know who's going to do it, but what do you think? 
I'm excited for brands like talking more openly about butt stuff. There's a brand called the future method. Like let's talk about it. And it's not like brands haven't been, but it's certainly getting more airplay. There's a brand called the future method. And this is one of the brands I like alluded to before it's started by a doctor, Evan Goldstein. He is gay man, New York city, plastic surgeon, and literally works um, with a, most of his clientele in his surgical practice are gay men that like need butt reconstructive surgery. And wow. as a doctor, he knows all of the, you know, doctors see the white space before anyone else, because there are things that you'll, who do you discuss it with? Okay. I'm only going to talk about this with my doctor. And so as a doctor, he, he saw this, the needs of his clients and said, okay, I'm going to launch a brand that meets these needs, but it's for everyone because like everyone can have fun with anal sex. It's not just for gay men, it's for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so he's launched uh, a few products and he's going to come out with more. And I love that. Like, let's talk about it. Cause whether you like it, whether you don't like everyone should have the freedom to talk about it, explore it, get your questions answered about it. Right. So okay. that's one thing I really love. And then just as CBD has taken over in sexual wellness in a really wonderful way, I'm super excited to see like what I call sexadelics, like as more people get into oh, like how can that help in the sexual wellness space? And it makes sense to me because people, I mean, like I microdose, so, you know, to help it, to help you get over trauma, like if people have sexual trauma and microdosing can help so much with that, like what's possible when we bring those two worlds together and it's just starting to happen um, i've seen like one product specifically for that so far and i'm really excited to watch that blossom which i think it will what are you calling them say the word again sexadelics sexadelics i love that there's a company called schedule 35. It's like, yeah, I think it's like schedule 35. You'll be able to find them on Instagram and they make microdosing products. So th there are out there like with real psilocybin, like packaged goods that are, that have psilocybin in them, a microdose. They have one called lover dose. It has, so it has psilocybin. It has other mushrooms, but it also has like maca and horny goat weed. And it's more like to like get you in the mood, um, before you have sex and, I love it. I know that more of that is going to come. And it was happening for a while. I remember in a meeting I was in with two really large brand founders who I don't want to say, cause I don't want to out them. Two of them have investment now. And I don't know if that's going to, you know, do anything or anything, but they were talking about how every time they have a business meeting, they microdose for those, they do like a composite amount of meetings Two really cool people. I don't know. Someday maybe I'll get to have somebody like that on here, but I didn't know what it was. This was like eight years ago or something like that. I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, but tons of people do it. They, they do it. It's not like weird or anything like that. It's totally normal. And I'm excited to see people being able to bring that into the product spectrum, but also for the fact of things that you're talking about with, you know, PTSD and things like that, the pharmaceutical market has such a capitalization on people's health that they take advantage of in a lot of ways. So having things like that readily available is going to make a huge difference for the mental health of the world. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. Without all of the side effects that so many pharmaceuticals have, it's like, yeah, we'll help with this one thing, but you're getting all this other bad shit with it. Um, and yeah. I don't want to take away from the power of pharmaceuticals that literally can help people 
that were suicidal or what have you. But for 100%. a lot of people, there is there is another way, and it's a way that's actually like the net net is po- very positive rather than just okay at least you don't feel super sad every day. And I say this as someone who has been on antidepressants before. So I'm not like talking shit about people. Like I've been there. No. And, and there's no reason like pharmaceuticals can be really helpful for things. I think the issue is in the availability of goods and the options you have on the table. Some of them just people don't know about them and they exist. And it's great when people have more options and know what they're doing. I want some opinions from you as someone who's been in beauty for a long time. I want to know what you're using, what you're loving, what you're hating, just because this podcast is primarily about independent brands, but beauty is my, my home. And I know you're a fan as well. So I don't use a a ton of makeup, but I love Ilya. Is this your, this is your face? This is what you look like. I mean, I have, so I have my brows and I have mascara on and I have, oh, so I don't have it with me. Um, Dr. Jart, which isn't indie anymore, makes this um, like green sisa. It's like a big green clay and it goes on. It looks green in the jar, but then it goes on. It kind of just like blends in flesh color. And when I started using retinol, like my face was getting, like it, it looks red. good. My face was red. So like that really helped, um, to, to like counteract the redness. So I love that. Um, I love Ilia, their mascara, their concealer so and their tint, but I also just started using Jones road mascara. Oh, uh, Bobby Brown's new project, yeah. right? And it's actually fantastic. So my biggest problem with my lashes is getting these like little ones in here. Um, and even with the Ilia brush, it sometimes gets clumpy. The Jones road brush, I mean, I was like, okay, it gets like right in there without it clumping. It's not as a dr- dramatic of a look as Ilya. Like, I feel like the Ilya really gives you that like va va voom. The Ilya is a flawless mascara. It's just, it's so, just so good. Just so good. So I like that. I mean, like, I'm very basic B about my hair and I love Olaplex. I'm sorry. Like, oh, I, I use the brightening the purple shampoo. I mean, like I bleached my hair to the high heaven. So there's really nothing like it. Like all of their products, the, the pre treatments and all that. I love them. I, I love all those. You guys can't see Claire, but she looks fantastic. She has a totally New York girl effortless look, which is, I feel like I'm so jealous of, and I could never pull off. I mean, this is what I look like. And this is why I wear a lot of makeup. Of but- course you can stop it, stop it, stop it. And you're gorgeous and you're cuckoos. I think you're bringing up an interesting point with old blacks. It really isn't just about indie brands. It's about brands not owned by large conglomerates, right? Because Olaplex is not really an independent brand. They have a lot of investment now. It's mm-hmm. the largest investment, right? Of a hair care brand or something like that. They went public. So they're like, which is just amazing and, but wild. Wild. And it was a brand that like popped up and then it was at Sephora and then it was at Ulta and then it was everywhere. And I mean, regular people on the street know the name Olaplex now. It's like a famous bond builder is like one of the most famous hair care products. And so I think you're right. It's not really just about independent brands, it's about brands that are not mass produced in a shitty way, because there's tons of brands that have investment behind them that are great, great brands. Yeah. I think with Olaplex, what's interesting. And I mean, it was, it, it's very like, it's roots are very indie and 
like still to this day, I love it. They focus all on the product, right? Because like the packaging is shit. I mean, I'm sorry. I love yeah. you old flex, but like, it's like the most basic, silly, like I will get them and the, the, the sticker will be on like slightly crooked. And I'm like, okay, like what, I don't care what it looks like because I know my hair is going to look good after. Right. Um, but yeah, so they, they're very like had that like scrappy, like came up because they grew so quickly, like kept that like kind of scrappy mentality about like, we're not going to put it in a fancy bottle. We're not going to spend our money on that. We're just going to make the best fucking hair products. And like, and they work, they work. And so people keep using them and that's, that's amazing. But you maybe think of uh, another product that I love that is Indie. It's called Meraki. Um, She also makes hair, M-E-R-A-K-I. And she makes hair and her oil, her hair oil. So I need a good hair oil. I've been looking for, for something for so long, but yeah, Olaplex, the formulation, like I have the purple shampoo and I have to time this event because my hands are purple after like, it's too professional. Yeah. 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 It's too professional for a lay person like me in the shower who is drunk. And then I'm like covered like a purple person, a balloon of a purple. So I'm trying to think if I had anything else while you're here, I want to ask you, Claire is such a busy person. You guys, she speaks all the time. I may never get the chance to talk to her again. We work together and I never get to speak to her. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited to do this and just like be with you in a way that's not like SEO, B for B. Oh my, oh, speaking of which, that reminds me of the bone I have to pick with you. I found out from your LinkedIn that you are, uh, you know, quite a bit about marketing. And so the fact that I am stuck doing all the marketing by myself is a travesty to me. I am shocked and hurt that this was the truth. I tried to tell Nader, like I actually ran a whole e-commerce um, really well, like luxury beauty e-commerce. And I ran our Amazon force called Travel Beauty. Um, and we were like very content driven. Um, I don't know, like Nader just, you know, like he looks at people and puts them kind of like in a pigeonhole. So he never saw that. Um, but yeah, I do. I mean, I have an MBA. No, you have a terrific business background. It's from Fordham, right? I mean, that's a... a- excellent place to get an MBA from. You could not be any more credible as a marketer or business person. (laughs) Don't come to me. I'm sorry. I don't like, yeah. I was just like, okay, you know. Well, I mean, I think you have a funner job anyway. I mean, a life, a day in the life of a beauty editor is something fun. Yeah. And you get to do fun things and it's well suited for you. I mean, come, come work on the SEO whenever you feel like it, because we need help. We need, we're in desperate need of help. It's like the end of the world over there, but I've seen you speak before. I've watched a lot of your webinars. I mean, this totally fits for you. You're a very well-spoken, magnanimous, interesting person. And so I think you're very well suited. Okay. Small game I want to play, and then we can wrap stuff up and then you can let people know how we can support you. Um, I want to know if you could guess the top Googled sex questions. Wow. Hmm. Um, you could take a couple shots if you want. Oh, wow. Hmm. Something like either making women come like hundred percent right on the money, right on the money. Like the clit, um, like where is it perhaps, um, penis size, like what's a normal penis right on the money. I picked the, a flawless pick for this podcast. These are literally the top 
two Google questions. I'm, I'm like shocked right now. Like people could ask me any questions about marketing and I would not have been able to get the top two. Like this is, I'm not even kidding. Like that's like literally what they are. I talk to a lot of people about sex. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. I'm glad I, I'm glad I, I know my, um, market. You know, your stuff. I mean, I, I don't think anyone could have answered that better. Okay. Last question. If Spotify was wrapping up your sex life with music, what would be the tracks on the list? Hmm. Um, so like the, the, the mood or could be mood, could be title, could be vibe. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever you feel like, I feel like even what you choose says a lot about you. They have, I have, to, they have to have a lot of fun. So I actually love like my sex playlists are all over the place in a good way. So I'll have something like, I love the song, um, sorry, Heroin by Nico and the Velvet Underground, the and I guess. Oh, yeah. I just don't know. I tell people like, you have to fuck to that song because it has like that change. It's like really slow and then it gets fast. Like it should be on everyone's sex playlist. So that's one. Um, I like a lot of like trip hoppy stuff like zero seven, I think is really beautiful for sex. And then um, I mean, like wow. Doja Cat and Ari Lennox, like her latest song, um, Pressure. Oh. It's like so good, just so good. She's so wonderful and Doja Cat too. Cause again, they're just like out and proud, like please me, like get in there. Ours says like swim up in it, live in it. And I'm like, yes. So those would be some of the songs. You literally might be the only person who could reference the Velvet Underground and Doja Cat in, a, <laughs> in one playlist and it totally fit. <laughs> No, that song is so good on, especially because it's like long too, and it just yeah. like takes you through the whole, yeah, try the, it. The emotional roller coaster, yeah. and that's all. Just like don't listen to the words. Like it doesn't matter that it's actually about heroin. Um, <laughs> it's the vibe. We're talking about vibes here. There are great songs written about drugs. I mean, Lou Reed has albums. <laughs> <laughs> there are still great tracks. A very sexy artist. I mean, just incredible, incredibly sexy music. I love that. Claire, I'm so excited you were here today. I'm so excited we got to hang out because we Fun. never do. How can my listeners, which will probably be your listeners for this podcast as well, how can they support you more? Um, I know reading your articles is everything and they're so well-written and helpful, but what else? I know you have so much going on. Sure. You can always, um, please do visit and read Beauty Independent. Um, you can find my personal socials. I'm Claire, C-L-A-I-R-E, McMack, M-C-M-A-C-K. So Instagram's big. I fucking love Twitter. I know like a lot of people don't. I, I, I love Twitter more than I love Instagram. Instagram, I have to be on there for more beauty stuff. And there are like I do love it in certain ways, but like Twitter is my jam because everyone's like, Instagram's very much like everything's pretty. Twitter's like, we're all going to hell. Like, but that's okay. We're going to make jokes about it on our way down, <laughs> which is very much how I live my life. So yes, Claire McMath. Well, thank you so much, Claire. And my thoughts on Twitter, there, I feel like the reason more people don't like Twitter is it's like looking in a mirror and realizing you're not as funny as you thought you were because there's oh, actually funny people on Twitter. It's yeah. hysterical. I know. I, I mean, like it keeps me so humble because I'm like, fuck, like how do these people come up with like 
it's six words. And I'm like, shit, that like is the most brilliant six words strung together I've ever read. Yeah. No, you're funny. I feel like you have such an intimidating form of comedy because it's so smart. And there's sometimes I read your Instagram post and it's like just a few words. It's hilarious. And then sometimes it's like, I'm not smart enough to get it. It's too cerebral for me. And I'm like, I have to think about it. And then later I'm like, shit, that was funny. Thank you. But I'm so not intimidating. I'm really not. If you ever saw me with my dog, I'm like the biggest simp for my dog. So, I'm. but thank you. But no, I'm not intimidating. She's a little bit, but thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. You can follow me on Instagram. Please follow Claire. She's a flawless presence in the social media world. And I hope everybody will tune in new episodes every Tuesday. Bye.